Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Fertility in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christina Burns. I'm a doctor of natural medicine specializing in the treatment of infertility by a natural and integrative methods. I founded the Naterna Institute in New York City, where my team and I work with women and couples, often in collaboration with Western medical doctors, to guide the path to healthy conception. In this podcast, you'll learn all about your body and everything in the fertility landscape to help you realize your dream of baby. I'll be bringing the best of advice from experts in the fields of both natural and conventional medicine, as well as the heartfelt and very helpful stories of brave fertility heroes on their path to baby. Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining today. We all know that infertility sucks. So today I wanted to go over a few practical tips for beating the infertility blues. Not that these tips will make all of the emotional sadness go away from this journey, but they'll at least provide you some foundation for keeping your sanity throughout the process. I really like to focus a lot on our daily habits and nutrition. And the reason for that is because what we consume on a daily basis will really affect our mood, it'll affect our mental clarity, our anxiety levels, and it's something that we can so easily control with a little bit of discipline. So I'm going to start with the first tip, which is something that it pops up in most people's daily habits and that you might want to consider switching out if you're experiencing a high degree of anxiety. So like it or not, coffee is not great for anxiety and stress levels. The stimulant effect of it can be amazing for mental clarity to help you be productive, but it's really like adding fuel to the fire when it comes to anxiety and feeling high strung. What I have noticed is when I've recommended my patients to scale back on the coffee is that they felt a lot calmer and more emotionally balanced and you know, as a major bonus, when you feel more calm and more emotionally balanced, you're usually secreting less stress hormones. And I'm going to talk in other uh, segments about how stress hormones may affect your fertility, but I also don't want to sort of like beat in the um, notion of like, if you're stressed, you're not going to get pregnant. That's not necessarily the case. I just think that it is beneficial to be able to reduce the amount of stress hormones circulating in your system so they don't affect your circulation and your hormonal balance. And again, your um, ability to cope with the stress and the ups and downs of this journey. We will get right back to today's episode in just a sec but I didn't want to miss the opportunity to tell you about an exciting new project that I have underway. So here it is. I get a lot of questions about what to eat and avoid when trying to get pregnant. Since so many of you are interested in optimizing your fertility via nutrition, I've created a very special course that teaches you the ins and outs of just that. It hasn't launched yet, but keep your eyes and ears peeled from my course on fertility nutrition. Whether you are already undergoing IVF or just trying the old-fashioned way, my goal is to help give you all the nutritional tools you need to enhance your fertility and speed your path to baby. All right, let's jump back in. So, you know, a lot of people will say one cup of coffee is no big deal. You can have one cup and 
and that shouldn't be too much. But the thing is, is like too much is different for everyone. If I have even a couple sips of coffee, I already feel high strung. Like I'm a little bit more short fused. If I'm under stress, I don't tolerate little annoyances as well. And you know, some people don't feel that way and some people will tolerate the caffeine quite well. And those are the people that are sort of like those cool as a cucumber type of people. Like they don't really experience anxiety on a regular basis. And I know for those of you who experience anxiety on the daily, you're kind of like, well, how can somebody not have that? And it's true that some people's neurochemistry just does not tend to get, um, you know, into that state where they feel anxious consistently. Whereas a lot for a lot of us, it's quite the opposite. Like type A personalities are often anxious a lot of the time and the anxiety can actually motivate a lot of action in our lives. It's not all bad, but when, you know, you're trying to get pregnant, it's sometimes hard to find peace of mind. And so um, a way that you can do that is by reducing the things that you put into your system that may increase stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. So my suggestion for you, if you're feeling anxious, is to maybe kick the coffee for a little while. And I'm talking like, try it for a week or two. Uh, For the first few days, you might have some headaches, drink lots of water, and expect to be a little bit grumpy and foggy for a couple days before that clears up and you get on the other side of it. Um, You can have some caffeine. I'm not totally against all forms of caffeine. Coffee just happens to be a fairly strong stimulant. So if you feel like you need a little bit of a lift, then maybe try green tea, oolong tea, or black tea if you need a little bit more. It's totally up to your preference. Don't steep the bags too long so that you're making sort of like a crack version of tea. Like you want to keep it to the low caffeine level that the teas generally have. And it's still like a warm, um, comforting ritual for you in the morning. Uh, That's another thing is try to keep the caffeine to the morning and try to have it with food. So it's not the first thing that hits your bloodstream um, and spikes your sort of like stress hormones. You want to be buffering it with something like a fat or a protein protein, some nut butter, um, some coconut yogurt, something like that. We'll go over tips for breakfast in another segment too. The next thing that I would recommend is to try to balance your neurochemistry by avoiding sugary treats. So sugar is a major, major offender when it comes to balancing your brain chemistry. It will take you on a roller coaster of emotions, highs and lows Um, associated with sugar are really, really bad. And it's highly, highly addictive. And it can come in a few forms. So there's, you know, the really obvious ones like candies and treats and then cookies and cakes. But booze is also sugar. So some people are like, oh, well, I don't eat any sugar. And I'm like, well, do you drink wine? Yes, I drink wine every night. So that's a form of sugar. It's basically like liquid sugar. And I see that it's kind of a form of sugar on a rocket ship because it has ethanol um, to really transport it really quickly into your bloodstream and immediately give you that feeling of elation. A lot of people crave sugar to try to elevate their serotonin temporarily. And serotonin is one of your happy hormones. And when you eat a little bit of sugar or something carby, it'll go up temporarily. But the problem is that it will soon thereafter crash. And that crash feeling is when we start to feel a bit low, we start to feel more foggy, um, less mental clarity, and then we might actually reach for like another something to pick up the energy. 
And, you know, for some people, it's the sugary things. For some people, it's chocolate. For some people, it's wine. Um, and then for others, it might be just an excess of carbohydrates in the diet, like um, and simple carbohydrates. So things that are made from flour products, like um, pastas and breads and crackers uh, and pastries and things like that. So, you know, beware of all the forms and the highs and lows that it can create. Uh, those that I've seen that have really curbed their intake of sugar have noticed that their mood feels way, way more balanced. Um, another side benefit is that balancing your blood sugar and insulin is incredibly good for your fertility. Um, we will talk about that in another episode. Um, but, uh, it's really, really helpful because Insulin and blood sugar dysregulation can lead to issues with implantation failure. It can lead to issues with egg quality. It can lead to issues with ovulation. So regulating your blood sugar and insulin by sort of curbing the amount that you're intaking can be really beneficial for your fertility journey. So not only will you be feeling more balanced emotionally, you might actually find yourself knocked up a lot faster. Okay. The um, third suggestion that I'm going to throw in here for helping you to feel more balanced emotionally and beating those infertility blues is to introduce acupuncture into your fertility journey. I am clearly biased because I am an acupuncturist and I have done acupuncture for 15 years. Uh, I do it myself every week. I love it. It helps me with my stress so much and with my mental clarity. And it seems to be one of those things that even all the doctors are in agreement that it could be helpful for people. And a lot of the patients that come to see me are incredibly distressed over what they're going through. Maybe they've had some failed IVF cycles. Uh, maybe they're trying to get pregnant just at home with their husband and just nothing's working and they don't know why. And they're getting disillusioned and um, losing trust in their body. And, you know, f- and they're starting to worry about their future. Anyway, they do find that when they have that, you know, small part of the day, maybe once or twice a week that they're coming for acupuncture, they just lie quietly on the table and the acupuncture needles are inserted into certain points to help calm down the mind and give a little bit of space for for you to process all of the emotions and thoughts that are going through you on a daily basis, uh, that that can help you kind of just feel lighter to, to move on to the next day, to the next task, to um, still have healthy, strong relationships, even though there's you know a lot of strain at the moment with everything that's going on. So acupuncture actually has a physiological effect on your neurochemistry, so the balance of your brain chemicals um, that will make you happy. They it can give you a euphoric feeling. It can make you um, have a better ability to cope with stress. So it basically will help you feel all around more balanced and well. Now, does it do that for everybody? I can't say for sure that it does, but. Um, you know, having been doing this for a while, I see it help with a lot of women and the doctors that refer people to Naturna to see me there. They usually say like, we don't even know exactly how much acupuncture does for fertility, even though there's some research to support it, but it seems to help women with their mental, emotional health. And that's enough to recommend going. So, so yeah, I'd really suggest trying it. You can find somebody 
in your local area to to do it for you because you have to go regularly. That's one of the challenges with acupuncture is that you can't really just go once and get you know so much benefit from it. You have to go regularly for a while so it can have the chance to get a bit of momentum to change your physiology and and help you find a better um, state of balance. If you wanted to do something that was a bit more fertility focused, then there's a, a website called aborm.org and it lists uh, fertility specialized practitioners um, all over the United States and then all over the world in some cases. There aren't as many internationally, but for sure there are a lot in the United States. So really any acupuncturist can help you with your stress, but if you wanted to take it a step further and really be focused on the fertility too, then that would be a good resource for you. It's aborm.org. And for those of you that are really um, concerned about the needles and them being painful and it being a scary experience, um, I can tell you for the most part that uh, most practitioners now understand that um, people aren't looking to have an uncomfortable experience with needles. So generally, um, most of us are doing a very gentle needling style where you barely even notice um, that we've inserted a needle. So uh, you can always ask when you call a clinic, you know, what their needling style is. And, you know, if they say they like to, you know, manipulate the needle a lot or get a lot of sensation and you're already nervous about it, then you may want to move on to somebody who, who says that they have a bit more of a gentle technique. So those are my tips for today for beating the infertility blues. They are uh, very practical. You can start them anytime. So that would be reducing the caffeine um, or cutting it out altogether. It would be really um, scaling back on the sugar and eating a bit more protein and fat so that you don't crave it as much. Another thing with the sugar and the caffeine is that if you're getting adequate sleep, you won't rely on them as much. So make sure to prioritize that sleep quite a bit. And then if you want um, an extra therapy that would be helpful for um, making you feel more balanced and optimistic and perhaps giving you a moment to talk to somebody about how you're feeling, then I would try um, inserting acupuncture into your regime at least once a week. Thanks so much for joining today and I look forward to talking to you next time. I'm really happy you've tuned in and joined the community and I'm so excited to bring you more helpful content with each episode. In order to make this podcast as helpful as possible, I want to hear your input on what questions you need answered to get you feeling empowered on your fertility journey. You can DM me on Instagram at at Naturna underscore life or at naturally CB to share your most important fertility related questions. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please follow and share with friends. My mission is to help as many women and couples as possible. And for that, I need your help. Yours as always in love and light, Dr. Christina.